Hello and welcome to the Hoop Troop Podcast. I am Matt O'Connor and joining me as he does on all of our shows is my cousin Luke Drobner. What's up guys? And we are back with playoff basketball. Uh, last time we spoke a week ago, we were just waiting in anticipation of some play in action. Um, now we're actually on every series now has played one game of their first round uh, series. So we have a, a lot to talk about this week, Luke. Um, I don't, I mean, it's easy to, and I want to jump right to the actual playoffs, but I don't want to glance over the play. Cause I will say a few years in, I think it has to stay. I think it's a great addition to the league. And like, yeah, even though these teams aren't the best and like, you're going to have some games are like, eh, they're not great. I, th- I think it gives teams that are kind of on the verge, uh, an ability to, uh, kind of get a playoff feel, you know, like the Cavs obviously weren't going to be a championship contender by any means this year. And if we were thinking about the old playoff format, they would have been the seventh seed. They would have been in the playoffs. They would have played the Boston Celtics. And I've and you just kind of have a feeling Boston would have won that series. Oh, for sure. Right. And that's just, that's just the inexperience on the Cavs. It has nothing to do with them, you know, not being a good team or anything like that. It's just it, the Celtics have been there. They've done it. Right. Um, so I, I think it, like the Cavs played two games, their guys kind of get a feel for how it's going to be when it's their time to start playing real series. And not only are they playing like real postseason games, like they're intense. It's essentially a game seven. Like it's the closest mm-hmm. thing to a March Madness feel the NBA is ever going to get. Um, and obviously there's talk of that like midseason tournament or whatever, but that doesn't feel as significant. Um, this, obviously there's so much on the line. Teams want to get in. So you look at, I mean, you mentioned like Cleveland or I don't know, the Spurs now are not like this older team. They're a younger team getting experience, the Pelicans and then the Hawks. They're a little bit of a different story, but I think that also adds value to having the play in where it's teams like that, where they are clearly a better team. They didn't find their rhythm like all throughout the season, but they're mm-hmm. clearly good enough to go on a run, make the playoffs and, you know, make things interesting. Obviously their first also- series against the heat is not indicative of that, but you know, otherwise, I think it's good in that nature. I think we, you look at them and the Nets getting in when they otherwise probably wouldn't have. Well, the the other – so here we are talking about how great it is for these young teams to be getting some experience in a playoff situation. And also, I'm sure the league is making a lot of money from it, which is obviously good for the league and basketball fans and whatnot. But it, it, there are takeaways from it on teams that are trying to compete for championships, like the Nets, who fell all the way down to – there were eight. They were eight. Right. And so in the regular stand in, in the old playoff format, it would have been no problem. They would have just played their first round series and, you know, it wouldn't have mattered. They had to play that series anyway. Maybe they don't want to play against the one seed, but you know, if you're the Nets, it doesn't really matter. Right. But now you kind of have to finish in the top six if you want to be competing for a championship, because that's two less games, one less game that you have to play. Also, so, if you think about it too, I mean, if you're in the play and you're guaranteeing yourself, you're going to play a top two team in, in the right. conference. So like missing that at all costs is pretty significant. Um, Cause you also, you never know who you're going to catch in the play. I mean, look at Cleveland, they were the seven and then they caught the nets and then they caught the Hawks and they lost both. And so you never know, even though you could theoretically be in the playoffs, you never know what's going to happen. Look at the Clippers. They lost two games and didn't get in granted. Paul George got sick, but still, you know, I, I think, I think, I think they would have won that second game. Who they played the, the Pelicans? They played the Pelicans. I, yeah, I the Pelicans feel like they on a the run. Pelicans. If, if Paul George was in, it would have been different. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that goes without saying. But then you can make the case for Zion with the Pelicans too. So, you know, yeah, but Zion's been out all year. Paul George was like, he got sick the wrong moment. Yes, exactly. He got COVID. So, but I do, I do want to talk about some of the games specifically because I thought they were actually pretty good. Um, I want to start with the Timberwolves Clippers. So that was the first night. Mm -hmm. Minnesota, it was so loud in that arena. After so long, you know, they've only made the playoffs once when that was with Tibbs back in 2018, I think. Um, When they had the Wiggins Towns D'Lo. Was D'Lo on that team? No. D'Lo's not on that team yet, but that was like he had Tibbs had his guys. Right. He had Taj. He had D-Rose. He had, It was the Timberwolves. Right. Exactly. Um, but that fan base is so starved and like to see them in such an intense atmosphere like that and how loud that stadium got, I thought it was awesome. Um, and I'm glad they I got like, in. 
Because now I think their series against the Grizzlies is going to be... It's a good series. It's better than I expected. And honestly, I think it's it's more fun than if the Clippers had won. I, well, both these, both the Wolves and the Grizzlies play the same type of game. It's very fast-paced. Both teams are super athletic. Both the top three teams, offenses. Offenses. Right. And, and that has to do with the pace they play. And they make threes. So... Oh, my God. It's a new era of basketball. It's electric. I, I want to say, like... 20 one one in every four plays during that game was a dunk yeah oh my god fast break it, that's a fast it, break like and i don't want to say chucking threes because that's not what it was like they were hitting but a lot of threes going up like it was it's like a weird adaptation of what the rockets were when it was just when it was d'antoni and harden yeah, yeah, yeah where that felt like they were just like at will firing this is like a little more controlled but it's like yeah if you have it shoot it you know i think it's fun i, I think it's that's like kind new, of the, the it's a new the direction wave. a lot of these that's the direction a lot of basketball is going now. Like I think from a young age, kids are learning to run with pace and kind of self-create in one-on-one fast break situations or two-on-ones or something like that. So yeah, um, definitely. No, I, like I liked that game. I honestly, and then like, sure. The Nets got out to a, a hot start in their first game, but then you look at what Cleveland did to claw their way back in and they only lost by seven. And like, it was closer than that until free throws. Like, I just thought I thought first night was perfect. Then you go, you go literally just day by day if you want to go through the games. Other than Hawks Hornets, which was a total blowout, like Pelican Spurs was a good game. Then you get into um, the Friday games, and it's you know you have Hawks Cavs, which goes down to the wire. Trey Young, I mean, went nuclear in that second half. Second half, yeah, he did not play well in the first half. No, and but he ended he with did. thirty-eight. Like. He just six points in the first half. He went for 32 in the second half. Oh my God. And he's doing, look, and he, I was mad at Trey Young. He he was like waving at him. He was doing more of that stuff. And look, the Nick fan in me, like, is, is frustrated by it. But part of me is like so intrigued by Trey Young. And I like actually, it's weird. I'm like coming full circle. I'm like, it's kind of awesome what he's doing. And now he's okay being this villain. And he loves just like, toying with teams it was never personal with the knicks like he doesn't care he's just gonna dance on he's gonna bow in front of you he's gonna do whatever you know he's he he's a instigator on april 15th i like to tweet trey young playing monopoly with how many with how many cities he's about to own well i mean (laughs) it's ridiculous but it's true like he is making himself a villain in so many places but it's it's such a good it's so good for the league to have that because not that the Hawks are like a, necessarily a small market, but they don't get the same national attention that a lot of other teams get. And for him to be such him to be like emerging as such an icon and especially one in such like a, a negative way, like every team is going to play them and it's going to feel intense. And I think it's awesome. I think what he's doing for the league is great. Also like he's unbelievable. There's no denying it. I think he realistically it would be hard for me to make the case for him not to be first team all NBA this year. And especially, and I know you're not supposed to weigh these, you know, postseason games into it, but like, look at what he's doing when it matters. Like the guy is going off. Oh, hundred percent. And he's shown that he's, he can do it from the time he was in college when he was playing on Oklahoma and they were in the tournament. He yeah. had a good first round. And I think what happened was teams just were like, who else is on this Oklahoma roster that isn't Trey Young? And I think teams just were like, let's just take him out of the equation and see what happens. So right. um, that I mean, kind of sucks. And, and and if you look at the first round matchup with Miami, that's what they kind of did. They shut him down. He had, what, 11 points in that first game? Yeah. No, I mean, pretty bad. Um, but I think Miami did the right thing. They have the right script for it. And they also have the right personnel to be able to do it. They're just going to smother him. points. They're going to smother him once he gets over half court and force someone else to beat him. And when they don't have Clint Capella to come set those those solid screens, there's not much else the Hawks can do. And like as much as I yeah. like a lot of their guys, they don't as like primary ball handlers. Like I don't trust a mm-hmm. a hunter. I don't trust a, a herder. I don't trust a John Collins with the ball in his hands more. Like Bogdanovich, kind of, um, but like I I definitely don't get confidence is, in anyone creating their own shot outside of Trey Young on that team. I'm so conflicted about their roster because when you look at their wing depth, they're so deep. Herder, Hunter, um, 
Bogdanovich. Uh, they've been playing Cabra. I can't say his name. Timotei. Luau, TLC. Yeah, TLC. Yes. They've been playing him because Colin's been out, but um, I just think they have a lot of guys who can kind of play a wing role. But like you're saying, I'm not overly confident in any of them creating. I don't think they have a no. second guard, and I think they they miss that and they need that. They need someone who can create outside of Trey Young because when teams do what the Heat did to him, one for twelve shooting eight points, you're going to lose those games. Oh, Bogdanovich every time. was zero for eight. He played twenty six minutes. He missed eight shots. Yeah, it's six also points. like he only attempted eight shots. Like, and he's probably your next best scorer. That's not good. And you bring him in to kind of be that secondary playmaker, right? But I'm not like I, I, I'm not exactly sure who he was on Sacramento, but I have a feeling he was more of a wing than a guard, and I think that's just kind of where, yeah, they're losing it, right? And I think that's what I'm realizing. And, you know, we can kind of transition here into the first round because you mentioned their, their first game against the heat where they got clobbered. Mm -hmm. I think they are, they're hitting that point where they need to make a move for a second star. Um, They have a ton of pieces that uh, would be valuable on a lot of competing like title contender teams. Mm -hmm. But when you have this model where you have one star and a bunch of those guys, it's not enough to get you over the hump. Um, and so at this point, tweet. they have their um, assets. They can go make a move, but I think it's time for them to try and go pull in someone else to be like 1A, 1B with Trey. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, if you look at some of the better teams in both conferences, it's a two-headed monster, right? It's, right. it's Chris Paul and Devin Booker. It's Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. It's LeBron and Anthony Davis. It's Kawhi and Paul George. It's Kyrie and Katie. Harden and Bede. Bede and Harden. Right? Yeah, so... I, I, I mean, their roster really does drop off. You, like you said, Trey Young, you could probably make a case for an all-NBA first team. I don't, I'm not so confident first team, but you could definitely make a case for an all-NBA talent easily. Yeah. He could easily be a top six guard in the league, but they don't have a, they don't have a true forward. And it, it's hard to think about who you would want to give up, you know, because I think like some of their wings could potentially – end up being better players as the road goes on. Um, Quarter's still pretty young. Hunter's really young. Um, right. No, John Collins. I'm not so sure I want to part ways with John Collins, you know, so. But that's the problem. You're going to have to because none of them are taking that jump to be that other guy. And so Didn't, you can't just have a ton of role picks. Haven't, don't they have a whole bunch of future they picks? They have picks. I mean, I don't know how many they have. I think they have they have maybe one in addition, one or two first-rounders in addition to their own in the next, like, four mm-hmm. years or so. Um, but with that, like, I think you have enough to be able to go make a move. It's not like you have, like, stripped your, your mm-hmm. you know, your arsenal of everything that you can give up. So that's why I look at it and I'm like, all right, they, they are definitely in that position. Because let's face it. After watching that first game against the Heat, like they're not going to win the series. And especially with Clint Capella out, they're not going to win the series. Mm-hmm. And you kind of got to make a decision this offseason on like, all right, if we don't make pretty drastic changes, we're just going to be the same thing again next year. Like they are the same thing they were last year. And last year was great, but it was the bubble year. It was kind of fluky. And the East has gotten substantially better since then. The East is a totally different landscape than it was last year. The East has become much more even since then. Yes. And so it's, you're not going to be able to like squeak by teams again and like be a four seed guaranteed. And so I think mm-hmm. they need to bring in a little more firepower. So I do think they're going to be at a crossroads. I think I, what is the potential of Atlanta being a free agent destination? I think that's something else we have to consider, right? Here we are talking about a trade. I feel like people would want to be in Atlanta. I think. Yeah. I, I It's similar. I want to say it's like an LA or a New York. But it's definitely like when you think about like Miami before LeBron got there, it would be a, like a similar market to that, right? right? It's, it's warm weather. There's celebrities there. You're on TV, especially if, if Trey Young's on the team and then you join Trey Young, you're going to get a lot of nationally televised games. Yeah. It's not like they play bad basketball. No. So, and I mean, the other thing too is Trey averages like for his career almost 10 assists a game. Why would you not want to go play with him? It's not like he's going to be the star where he's a black hole and you're not getting the ball. Like, you would mm-hmm. work what well, he would work well with another superstar guaranteed. Mm-hmm. I'd be he's scalable hundred percent. He's a good passer. He's a good shooter. I think one thing he really suffers when it comes to scalability is his defense. And that's just like, if you bring in like a Jalen Brown type player, you can kind of figure out a way 
or actually or you bring in a two-way superstar, you can kind of figure out a way to hide Trey Young on, on defense the same way you might do like a Steph Curry or the Celtics did with Isaiah Thompson way back when he was leading yes. those teams. So, and it's not like, I don't think he's a, a, a terrible defender. I just think he's a negative defender. Yeah. But I mean, I think at the same time, look at the Warriors hit Steph all those years. Like it's not, it's not yeah. impossible to, to hide a small negative defensive guard if they're because, especially explosive when he, on offense. Right. Exactly. So he's going to offer you a lot. Here's the thing, though. So what we're talking about with the Hawks, I think there's a couple teams like this. And another one I want to talk about, and it, it is playoff related, is the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. I think they are, and it's funny that they are linked yet again because of the whole Trey Luca thing, but their teams are set mm-hmm. up very similarly where you have one star and then a bunch of role players who are very helpful. Now, say what you want, Luca's better than Trey, but sure. so like their, their ceiling is a little higher than the Hawks. But at the end of the day, uh-huh. like the rosters are weirdly similar. And Luka I think also... the Mavericks, if the Mavericks have another early exit, and yes, Luca's hurt. If they have another early exit, don't you figure something's got to give again? Yeah, 100%. I think it was good Chris Stapps, try and pull in someone else. A year ago, we were really complaining about how Chris Stapps is just eating away at all this cap space and you're never going to do anything with it. Uh, they have similar guys on the roster. Now it's just kind of split. The the yeah. terrible contract is split up over multiple people. Uh, Dinwiddie, I don't think is worth seventeen million. I think he's no. a great player in its own, but is seventeen million really his price tag? No, God Bertans no. at sixteen million is that it's his a price lot tag? Of money. Although Bertans like did have a, a pretty good first round, actually. I think it, it, he shot well in the first half. I don't think threes. he's a bad. I don't think he's a bad player. I just I no. That's I a lot of money. A, for him slightly negative defender and the only thing he really offers on offense is shooting so which is like pairs really well with Luca. so I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is another guy that they they need to figure out what they're going to do with his 21 million dollars he's getting paid so and I think they're going to let Brunson walk too and Brunson was their best player when Luca was out on Sunday or Saturday whenever they played Mm -hmm. I I think they need to figure out how to retain Jalen Brunson because I think if you have Dinwiddie Brunson and Luca as your as your guard tandem, I think that that's just a solid combo. One Jalen Brunson or Spencer Dinwiddie can come off the bench. That's the problem. Yeah, like, You're gonna have I, to make some I moves would, to be able to pull him back in. Because I, I like mean, you just now. mentioned you just you mentioned have his bird rights. I mean, you just mentioned all three of Dinwiddie, Bertons, and Tim Hardaway. Not to mention you have the um, Finney Smith would, contract about to hit, the Luca contract about to hit. They owe a lot of money next season. They don't have a lot to play around with. And so I don't know. Like, I don't know that they're going to be able to do it unless you move some of those guys to bigger contracts, you know? And you did just trade for Dinwiddie and Bertons. Are you really just planning to flip them right away? I would try to if I'm then, but what team is really going to want them? I mean, Bertons still has three years. That's $16 million a year. It's hard to do. Spencer Dimity's making 18 next year and 19 the year after that. I think the worst contract you have on the payroll right now is Tim Hardaway Jr. You need to figure out a way to move that. He's making 21 this year, 19 the year after, 17, 16. I would much rather pay that 19, 17, 16 to Brunson. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think that's and I the, think, the ballpark of what he wants. I think he wants uh, yeah. like 20 million a year ish for four years just, or something. I think eight, I think 18, 18 a year for four years, I think is very fair for a Jalen Brunson type player. But again, you have this budding superstar who clearly is hungry to move forward in the playoffs. He's gotten there the past Mm -hmm. few years, hasn't quite progressed. And this season might be a little different because he got hurt. And so I don't want to, you know, put the car before the horse here, but you got to figure they're Mm going to be, if he misses more than he's missing tonight's game. So you got to, there's a good chance they go down. Oh, two. If he misses, he's unlikely to play today. Yeah. So he's not playing, but in any event, let's say for argument's sake, he misses another game and they go down 0-3. They're not coming back and winning the series. It's another first round exit. Ha- like something has to change there with this team. You have to convince him that we are all in on you winning right now. I don't think I don't think he has any intention of leaving anytime soon. I think you'll see him play out his extension, the five year supermax. Yeah, but- I mean, I, I don't think they'll trade him. And I don't think this roster is bad by any means. It's just they're missing a second start, and right. you know that could that could you know that that could be a lot of people again. When you talk about Trey Young and how 
easy it would be to bring in a second star to play with him. He's easy to play with. He shoots the ball. He passes the ball. Luca's the same type of way. Yeah. I, you know, I think like a CJ McCollum would work really well. It would have been great if they traded for CJ McCollum at the deadline instead of the Pelicans. Right. No, but, I mean, I, I think there's a few people that you have to be on the lookout for. And then obviously there's been the rumor that they're intrigued by Rudy Gobert if the Jazz decide to trade him, which is funny. I, I would think that'd be so terrible. Yeah. I think Luca with a rim runner would be great. You can get a rim runner for a better value. Like, oh, you can well, get, like, yeah, the GR contract outlet. is bad. Yeah. The contract's terrible. Don't get me wrong, Rudy Gobert, you know, defensive player of the year, blah, 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 blah. But no, did you see the, the I said uh, Marcus Smart? Marcus know, Smart, as of this evening, defensive player of the year. But yes, the, he's he won what, like three of them, four of them? Yeah, he's Rudy he's Gobert always, is. and if he doesn't win, he's always in the conversation. So, yes, right. like obviously, like very important. But as we said on the last episode, the Mavericks defense has been great even without a guy like that. So I don't know that that's the trade you make, but I do think you have to show Luca, hey, we're committed to building this thing here. Where is their draft pick this year? Do they have a high, do they have a lottery pick this year? They, so they were actually, I think in the, and now let me pull this up. They just did. Um, oh, they're 26. Yeah, I think they, were they not part of the, um, oh no, they weren't. They weren't part of the, the tiebreakers that happened today with the draft picks. Mm-hmm. I thought they were. Um, but yeah, they have their pick this year. They don't have it next year, or I should rephrase that. It's like top 14 protected to the next next year. And like, mm-hmm. uh, let's face it. I'd be shocked barring a Luca injury. I doubt that's going to be in the top 14. So yeah, odds are they're not going to have their pick next year, but then they have all theirs in the future. I am. I mean, like when, it, you know, I think about guys coming out of the, draft you could find someone i guess like at 26 it's hard to find someone who could really be special at center or anywhere really but like i don't know if they were drafting in the lottery i don't think like jalen duran would be a terrible pick for them i think it would be a good pick mark williams out of duke would be another one he's listed up here in the lottery um right but the problem is they're not up there so right you know, and you never know, you can find value in that late first round. Like there, there's, mm-hmm. we've seen it so many times, but again, how do you say like, Oh, we got you this late first round rookie. He's going to come in and be the guy. And it's like, no, they're going to have to do something soon. Cause I mean, think about it. They just cleaned house last off season and like new coach, new GM, whatever. Like they moved guys because mm-hmm. Luca was apparently unhappy. All right, sure. fine. Thank you. Mark Cuban for, showing that you're committed to me. Now, these other guys who are in here, how are you going to show me you're committed? Where Where is my help? It's just, it just takes time. I, I really... They have to wait and I think for the Dirk right went guy. Through the, yeah, I think Dirk went through the same He at least issues. had Nash, though, think, early on. You know, those those 2000 teams, he had Nash with them, which is huge. But it wasn't, it wasn't like they were going all the way to the champion. It wasn't, they weren't going to the Western Conference Finals. It was a young Steve Nash. You remember, yeah, he had a Steve Nash early, but Steve Nash wasn't really Steve Nash until he was in Phoenix and he was, you know, 32. Steve Nash had his prime very late. Fine. Fine. But still, you still have that, like, young, promising partner that Luka doesn't currently have. You know? You don't even have to develop together. You just, like, you have to, like, hold on and wait it's like maybe the second star never comes you just have to construct the right roster around Luca, and i just think that takes time yeah no i mean i think that's possible i'm just saying that is on my horizon if that series goes south you know and maybe he comes Mm -hmm. back and they still lose and that even reinforces it um but all right let's move on now that now that we've talked about my two that i think are going to be in like a little little turmoil this offseason um depending on how the first round goes um mm-hmm. all right let's we, let's talk we, about the what are, let's what talk about the pelicans and herb jones you are a huge herb jones fan love herb jones oh my goodness why uh, what's like your your connection i mean that, my my first uh my first the reason why i become i mean the 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 it's been a, a long love affair i think i was watching lakers pelicans i don't know how long ago and I was on the couch with my roommate and uh, we were like, oh, Herb Jones, <laughs> really doing it to the Lakers. And we were like laughing about it. We were like, this dude's name, really, Herbert. I know. And it's... over time, as I've watched more Pelicans games, he's actually a, a really decent player. 
Can I so, tell you something? The more I watch him, the more I'm like, he is, I mean, he's only a rookie, but he's so freaking good at defense. Like, he's better than the majority in the league. Like, he's got to be, he, I'll put him like top 20 defenders in the league, honestly. He's that good. He's definitely, he's an elite defender in the league as a rookie. He's got it's the tools crazy. for it. He's tall. He's long. And I think his development will just become, I think he already has a lot of defensive IQ. Obviously, that'll get better as he starts to learn how the game in the NBA gets played more and more. Right. And also, he's a decent three-point shooter. As you know, it's not like he gets a huge amount of touches, but it's not like he's a bad shooter. You still have to respect him out there. So uh, I don't think he's going to be like, oh, my goodness, Herb Jones is ridiculous. Maybe he will. Maybe, you know, but um, he's definitely got some upside potential for like a high-value role player starter type of guy. The Pelicans? Michael Bridges-ish. Yeah. I mean, the Pelicans have a few of those guys where they have like these young – like solid guys that I, they're not going to be stars, but their ceilings seem mm-hmm. pretty high. Like if they really do have the right work ethic and like develop the weaker parts of their game to complement, like I feel like they all excel at one or two things and they're right there and they could make that jump to being like a real, like a true, like good tried and true starter on most teams, but they're mm-hmm. not quite there yet. And obviously Herb Jones, he's young. That's a different example. But like you'll look right. at a few other guys and you really could see them getting there like i don't know for example like look at what they did with alvarado it's pretty cool how yeah he came out of nowhere yeah he's from brooklyn too so he like he i think he was he cried when he played at the garden didn't he, he brought like, like his so family and friends and he went off yeah good for him he did but he also just i mean those type of guys like those young guys who are hungry and like kind of get it that they're like mm-hmm. they try every night it's awesome it's fun to watch and that's why i was kind of happy the pelicans got in Cause there's something fun about this team and like, whatever the Zion drama aside, like they are between CJ, Brandon Ingram, Valanciunas is good. You have Devonte Graham. Like this team is fun to watch. You have guys that can go like absolutely get buckets. And like, Devontae Graham hasn't been great this year though. No, but I still like him. I think he stopped. I think they put him from the starting lineup. Yeah, I think they did. But that's fine. I mean, I think ever since CJ got there, there was no, really no need to have him with the starters. I guess the problem really is, yeah, he's kind of in and out of the starting lineup. Right. Um, yeah, I, I guess once CJ got there, it didn't really matter. But um, I think his contract's risky. Yeah. With kind of the minutes he's playing. Um, I do think they're toast, though. The Suns are going to kill them. It's not going to oh, be the Suns are. So, it won't be close. If if you went into this series thinking that it was going to be close, I I think you were completely wrong. There was no chance it was ever going to be close. No. And, no. Um, and like outside of the third quarter yesterday, the Suns really took care of them. Like the, the Pelicans won the third quarter by 11 points and still lost by 11. So, you know, you can't imagine that the Suns are going to lose many quarters by that many points in this playoff run. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. They, they lost by 11 yesterday. I would be surprised if any of their games are closer than that, to be perfectly honest. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I feel I like the Suns are cruising. just that good. I don't think you're going to see the Suns play their hardest until Maybe the second round. Who would they play in the second round? They'd play Dallas, Utah, winner of Dallas, Utah. Even then, they could probably cruise in that series. They could win in five. Well, I mean, look at, and I know we already talked about it, but I want to get back to their first game. I can't help it. The Jazz blew a lead against the Mavs without Luka. Like that game, they were up by like 10 or so in the fourth quarter and they choked it away. And granted, they ended up pulling the nose of the plane up and they won the game, but they've blown leads all through the regular season and it upset Donovan Mitchell, which makes the Nick fan in me happy, but mm-hmm. they're showing that even in the playoffs, they're about to do that. Then when you're not playing a bad Luca Mavericks team, you're going to get crushed by the Suns. You know, like I, yeah. I would be shocked. I, I'll give them a couple I, games, but that's, you can't, maybe it goes six. The, you can't help but feel the Suns are coming out of the West, right? Like, who in the West is better than the Suns? No one looked as good as they did. And like, I guess even, you can make the argument for Golden State if everybody's healthy and everybody's hot. But if that's, they get hot. Like, if, if the Golden State Warriors are playing their absolute best, they have a chance. Right. The Suns, 
Whereas in the Eastern Conference, I feel like the conversation is not this clear. In the West, it just no. it does. It feels like the Suns are really in a league of their own. Because even though the Warriors blew out the Nuggets, like it didn't feel like that to me. Like I really did. Like the Nuggets were in it for most of the game, and then it kind of. I just, I think what, what the problem with the Nuggets is as soon as Jokic comes out, they suffer majorly. They yeah. they don't have anybody continue to run an offense. They their defense is average. I don't and I like it's not like Jokic is a huge bonus on defense, uh, but the problem is even when you take Jokic off and you put in Boogie Cousins, I still feel you lose something on defense. I don't think you lose a lot, but you're still not as good. If they had right. a Jamal Murray, if they had Michael Porter Jr., it might make a difference just because someone could kind of keep him in it. But yeah, I mean, Jordan Poole also absolutely popped off. Yeah, a lot of and I mean, are like you could make the argument that he's their best player right now. Um, and the other, yeah, like it was, it, it ended up being a blowout in the first game and they did. I don't think they, Denver has a chance. Just, I, I do still, but you're right. I mean, I think they're going to neutralize Jokic and that's going to be it. But, but Jokic still gonna has. They're going to take advantage of the Jokic list minutes. Right. I mean, he still had 25, 10 and six. Like, it's pretty damn good, but that is like is, an but, off night for him. Like he's going to have to have like. The he's gonna have 25, to to, 14, and 14 games if they're going to win. He's going to have to have an efficient 40 points every night if they want to win. Right. Yeah, but and I especially, mean, too, you look at Aaron Gordon with eight points. Like, come on. Like, you got to step up, dude. Like, they brought you in to I be the second guy. I wouldn't put that on. Uh, I don't think they pulled him in to be the second guy. I think they pulled him in because he's a good player. I think, yeah, I think he wasn't supposed to be. After losing Jeremy Grant, they kind of needed someone to fill that role, and I think he fills it well. Yeah, I don't think he does. I don't think he does anything particularly well, but I don't think he does anything particularly bad. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. I so, also just like I'm looking at the Warriors box score right now, and it's ridiculous. I mean, you have five guys. Jordan Pool, five guys in double points figures, on 13 shots. Pool starting with 30, and then you, I mean, Clay with 19, Steph with 16, Wiggins 16, Draymond 12. Like they just have a little too much and maybe I was a little too high on the nuggets going into the series. I just really, mm-hmm. I feel like there's such a, a cohesive unit and that's why I believed in them more than I probably should have. Um, they're just missing pieces. They just, they just need guys to get back. And that's the only problem they're facing right now. I mean, yeah, honestly, if they had, if they had a healthy Jamal Murray, and Michael Porter jr. This team feels like it would be in the conversation with the Suns to me. I feel like Jokic is that dominant. And then if they had their supplemental guys, it would really make a difference. But unfortunately, we're just not going to see if, that. I think if they had Murray and Porter back and Michael Porter Jr. was playing solid two-way basketball, they'd have a chance. But yeah, if Michael Porter Jr. comes back and the only thing he really does is score 20 a game? Not enough. Yeah. I think against the Warriors, I, I, they'd have a chance. 100%. But against the Suns, I'd be concerned still. Yeah. I really I, – I don't think there's – it's so clear-cut in the West. It's I, like I'm watching these other games just because they're interesting series. Like Memphis, Minnesota will be fun and exciting, high pace, lots of shooting, dunks. Golden State, Denver, obviously Golden State's fun to watch. Jokic is always fun to watch. Right. Uh, Dallas, Utah, love Luka. Can't wait for him to get back if he gets back. Um, and I mean, Phoenix, New Orleans, Pelicans, I just cut you kind of, you kind of know. Yeah. Uh, but like we said in the East, it's, it's not as clear. And I think one thing that really surprised me in the East was how good the Sixers looked against the Raptors. Blew them out. Um, Although, and it's too early in this game, but it's, it's 13, 10 Toronto right now, seven or five minutes into the game. So yeah. too early to even make any conclusion about game two, but also you have um, Scotty Barnes got hurt. Like it just feels like Philly's going to run away with it. Yeah, Gary Trent's not playing tonight. Yeah. Uh, Dad Young's not playing tonight, but I don't think Dad Young's going to make a huge difference. But Maxi with 38 really stands yeah. out to me. And Harden wasn't super efficient, but well, still had 14 assists. Right. So. That's the other thing that stands out in that game is you do that with Harden kind of not struggling, but like 22 points on six of 17. Not great. Not like the super, super, superb Harden we've seen in the past. Four mm-hmm. to seven from three, obviously great. Six to seven from the line. But 
I don't know. Like he's going to have to take that next step. Like Tobias Harris scored more than he did. How often has that happened? Yeah. Couldn't yeah, have happened. But, okay. Okay. But it doesn't, it didn't happen in game one and yeah. they still win. The fact that Harden doesn't need to be perfect for them to win because Tobias Harris is obviously a great player in his own right. Maxi is now taking a huge step and we kind of see him be a great player in his own right. Um, yes. The rotation obviously needs to get shorter. And I think they need to figure out what to do at center because when they play a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, who have a lot of big men and throw a lot of bodies at you, I think they're really going to struggle a little bit to find big men minutes. When it beads off the floor, the Bucks are just going to run Giannis at center. And no matter who you put out there, whether it's Millsap, Jordan, or Paul Reed, they're going to get cooked. They're going to get cooked. They're going to, yeah. So, and like, I know they have DeAndre Jordan sitting there on the bench, but like, that is a last resort that you do not want to play. Um, and that's kind of the same, the case with Paul Millsap, too. And they have yeah. Charles Bassey, who played some minutes in the middle of the year when right. uh, but still. Andre Drummond or Embiid were out. I don't remember who it was, but. I just don't think they have a solution. I, I think they're missing, I don't know. I guess you can play Hart and Bead 40 minutes a game if you really wanted to. I don't know how well that's oh, going to I think you're going to have to. I think to win those series, they're going to have to up the minutes. And granted, Embiid played 37 minutes last game. Like, I'm going to ask him to run a little more. And it was in a 20-point I mean, a- win. So, like, you could, in a serious game, make him play more. And he, put, he still not- put up. He had 19 and 15. Not even the best Embiid game, as crazy as that is. No, it isn't. But you also have to, he gets triple teamed every play he touches the ball this series. So a lot of what he's doing is either kind of forcing a hard shot or just making the extra pass. So, right. Um, no, but I do. I think it's a shame that the Raptors are in this position. Like, I thought they were going to, I don't know. We've, we've talked about how great their versatility is and how valuable that could be in the playoffs, but they just got the wrong matchup. They really did. And then with the injuries, it's just, it's over, which is a shame. It's going to be tough. I think part of the, also part of the reason is uh, Raptors got to a really slow start yesterday, Mm -hmm. uh, two days ago, and just kind of never recovered. So tracking this game here in the halfway through the first, they seem to be in a little more, uh, you know, it'll be good to see where we end up at the end of the game. But I think without Scotty Barnes, it'll be difficult. Yeah, I definitely Um, agree. Um, while we're talking about the East and we'll do the opposite. Cause I mean, I don't even, is it even worth going over bucks bulls? Cause that's another one that feels like it's just over before it started. Uh, um, I, but I, I have I, high hopes for the bulls. I, 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 let's also relate them back to the Hawks and the, yes, they're going to make changes in the off season. They're close. And like this shows they made a jump. They're in the conversation, mm. but they need a little more. I think, um, I think we've talked about this before where it was great that you made the playoffs this year. You showed Levine that you're able to compete at a high level with him on the roster. They need to get Lonzo back. They need to figure out what they're doing at forward. Yeah. Wing. They're missing a lot of rebounding. The fact that Booch is grabbing like 15 rebounds a game is not going to get it done for you. You need to be able to rebound as a team, right. especially when you play another good team. So I think Pat Williams missed a lot of time. I think he needs to come back and play some more minutes and develop a little bit. Um, I think Definitely. they have a good roster. I just think they're missing like two or three solid role players. They need some vet presence yeah. off the bench. No, and I mean, right now, like at this point, their best minutes are with Crusoe on the floor. And Crusoe's right. great. He was good for the Lakers. Like, I'm not trying to downplay this. Like, you need more than that coming off your bench, though. Like, your your bench right. is not giving you enough. And I think they need to retool. Um, I don't think they're going to win a single game against this Bucks team, especially when you're letting Giannis go for 27 and 16. Like, you're not going to beat that team. There's it no doesn't way. look terrible. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, like, I like the Bulls. I think they just need reliable. They need a reliable backup center, and they need some depth at the forward spot. And I, I will, to their credit, I think after the year they had, it will be easy to get, convince people to come play those roles on that team. Yes, 100%. You'll get a couple of vet mins, no problem. Definitely. Exactly. And, and that's I, all you need. And I was, I was big on a couple of their guys. I think they should trade Kobe White. Yep. Kobe I White. think it's time. Because, um, and, and I mean, obviously the injury bug was definitely a problem for them all year. 
Mm-hmm. Let's assume they're not going to run into that same issue next season because I feel like it's hard to do that. Um, but they they do have a logjam at guard. They have a lot of guys who can play. They can play small with a bunch of different lineups. You can stagger DeRozan, Levine, Lonzo. Like you can make it work if you get rid of Kobe White. I think so. Yeah, but I think it's about having lineups playing big. Right? When you think about some of the better teams and their ability to play big and small, it's great that they can play small, but they can't play big right now. And but they're they're so close. Think about it. Lonzo's six six. Even if you go out there with Lonzo, DeRozan, Levine, and then someone and Vucevic, you could go big. If you bring in like a good agile four, that's still a big lineup. I mean, Pat Williams can kind of do that for you. I just think again, he needs to develop a little bit. He can't right. really shoot. His defense is questionable. It's not right. like he's grabbing a bunch of rebounds every game. And when you look at the guys they have behind Pat Williams, like uh I don't know the guy's first like, name. Jay Green. Like no one. <laughs> Javante, Javante Green, Derek Jones Jr. I don't think Derek Jones Jr. has ever been And he's not fantastic. Big he's also just not no, big enough. He was playing center for the Miami Heat when he was down there, and it made sense because he can jump so high. Right. But um I yeah, just like they, they have they, Tristan Thompson playing, like it's just bad. They're they're down bad in that regard. Like they need they need something else. They, they just totally need to retool do. their bench with the excitement like it's great that Caruso is your sixth man, and I like Ayo Desomnu, but I don't think he should be playing all that much. No, definitely not. Uh, yeah, it just takes time. But the Bucks are going to win this series. I think so. Four games. Yep, I agree. Uh, I think it's it's going to be quick. Yeah. But now I want to switch to the one, and I think it is just going to be the best series of the first round by far. It might be the best series of the whole playoffs. Honestly, it might be. Although I don't want to, I have a feeling some of these late round conference ones could be good. You both, you and Michael last week doubted me thinking that Boston had no chance. I got to say, I did not anticipate it. I'm pretty surprised. Um, There were big for those who did not watch yesterday on Easter. Nets Celtics, unbelievable game. Close most of it. The Celtics break it open in the third quarter. Nets come back. Buzzer beater to win by the Celtics. Awesome back and forth game. Like the first, the first half, I felt like every basket they were exchanging. It was like I think there was like seventeen lead changes, something like that. Crazy game. They just match up so well against each other. It is. It's such like, a fun matchup. All the matchups. It doesn't matter who it is. Like they just Tatum on Durant, Kyrie. You know, you got Brown and Smart guarding Kyrie. Uh, I just like I think every matchup on the floor. Obviously, it would be nice to have Robert Williams back for the Celtics, but things might change when you know. I think they're they're thinking he'd come back around the same time that Ben Simmons comes back. If Ben Simmons comes back, if Robert Williams comes back, but I mean, it's and it's it's an exciting series. I think Tatum mm-hmm. played well. I think I thought Jalen Brown played well. You know who didn't? Be, Kevin Durant. Because Jason Tatum's a much improved defender. Much improved. And you look at that last possession they had, the, the last possession the Nets had before the Celtics went down and scored. The Tatum kind of locked him up. Tatum locked him up because you figured Durant was going to get like at least like a, a decent shot off there when Kyrie kicked it out. It was like a weird turnaround, deep three-pointer. And like, sure, there was a chance it went in. The second he released it, I'm like, ooh, that might fall. It almost went in. I'm pretty sure it clanked off the front of the rim, back, backboard, and then yeah, the Celtics rebound. But... Like he only scored 24 or 23 rather, which yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of points, but not when you're Kevin Durant, he was, a, the, the problem was 23 points on 24 shots. It I wasn't mean, so much that it was, you know, he tied, he tied a team low minus 13 and shot. I mean, nine to 24 is not great for him. When you're this, like a pure efficient scorer, you're expecting mm-hmm. more. And it's not even like you did a lot else outside of that. You had three assists to six turnovers. Like he really he's did have a bad shots. game. I think I think the Celtics were like he's gonna find he's gonna get to his spots, but we can make it difficult for him to shoot those shots. Yeah, and Tatum and did a great job. That's what I mean. I think Tatum again matches up really well. Tatum is also like six nine, long arms. He and they play a similar style game. Tatum knows how he wants to get these shots off. Yeah. He's probably very comfortable guarding Durant. He's probably guarding Durant the same way he would guard himself. Yeah, Which makes totally. it easy, you know. I also think it it does come back to, and we've been commenting on it, God, since they trade, since they got Harden and made their trade. 
They have no center depth. There's no reason Al Horford has 20 and 15 against you. There's just no reason for that. He had six offensive rebounds. Come Andre on. Andre Drummond is, is inconsistent. And Nick Claxton is just not, not physical get, enough. Yeah. He's so skinny. And I feel every time there's an offensive rebound or some type of mistake, there's a defensive lapse or something like that. The first thing I always see is Kevin Durant turn around and start yelling at Claxton, which is bad, right? You don't want to like Kevin Durant should be encouraging him be like, Hey, like Kevin Durant should be trying to be productive with him, especially because he's so young and they want to develop him. They want to make sure he's making these plays in the future, but right. It's just so tough. Cause I, I just, I don't think he like intelligence wise at basketball IQ. I don't think he has the feel to play with, Kyrie and Durant, who both have short fuses. So, speaking of short fuses, did you see everything with Kyrie in that game? Uh, yeah, he was flipping off fans. Oh and stuff. my I think god, yeah, flipping off Kyrie fans the... multiple times. Then he like mouthed some some out in the in the tunnel. Like, yes, yeah, but how Celtics many, fans do you must think... be yelling bad stuff. I oh hundred hundred percent. Like the whole time I was sitting here with my roommate, I'm like, you know, over under Celtics fans said this to Kyrie. You oh know, my god! Like, yeah, definitely awful. So things. I'd be shocked. It, that it's not said, a comfortable environment. That he played said, amazing. Um, right. He started flipping off fans, and then he, he was my roommate he was did, like, like oh, Kyrie's, Yeah, yeah. He was like Kyrie's five for six since he flipped off that fan. Right. Which fine. I don't mind it. He's gonna get fined and they'll move on. I actually think it's kind of fun. Like the hostility between the two of them back and forth imagine if he didn't have a good game and they were raining down on him like that. If he was missing more, if he didn't have 39 points or whatever he had, forget about it. It's a bloodbath in TD Garden. That said, I still think Brooklyn's winning this game or winning this year. I think it's going to be Boston. But here's the thing. We just mentioned how bad Kevin Durant played. He's not going to play like that. There's no way he's going to be 9 of 24 every game. There's no way. Literally, I, there's no way in hell he shoots that poorly. But, I mean, are you going to, are you going to get 14 points out of Goran Dragic at plus 17 every game? No, but let's... Okay, so so take away some of Dragic's offensive production and you give that back to Durant, you kind of even it out a little bit. Fine. Actually, like, I think that there are people on the Nets roster who played up and there are people on the Nets roster who played down. I think the Nets played a good game overall. I think they played a lot of great Nets basketball. I just, yeah. I like, I really think that when it comes push to shove, I think both these teams are very equal. It's going to come down to, you know, some close game winning shots like it did last game. And, you know, there I also, also think there's some guys on the Celtics. You mentioned, right. You mentioned, Ben Simmons, you mentioned uh, Time Lord. I don't think Time mm-hmm. Lord's coming back, but there, it sounds like there's a chance Ben Simmons might come back in Brooklyn when they're in Brooklyn. For like, I don't you know, know if it'll be game three or game four, but it sounds like there's a chance. If I'm Boston and Ben Simmons comes back, I'm thinking the lucky the leprechaun. I have a feeling it could disrupt I think it everything. Make, I think it can make it easy for the Celtics. You just, hey, let, let's make sure Ben has the ball. And we don't guard him. Let him shoot. Right. And if he gets too close to the rim, foul him hard. Right, exactly. It's, right? it's better and than so, Kyrie and KD having the ball. You'd right. much rather the ball in his hands. So all you're going to do is chase around Kevin Durant and Kyrie around screens. You're going to try and make sure they can't get to their spots. And Ben Simmons, you know, he's not going to be able to throw a good pass to him. They're, they're essentially going to play. The- they're going to go small, though, and play him at center, which – I don't know without Time Lord if the Celtics can handle. I think they could. But who are you going to stick uh, on Simmons? Horford, I guess, and just leave him in the paint? Mm-hmm. I don't love that, but it's not like he's yeah, like this big, I think... like, rim. Like, it's not like he's going to deter people at the rim. No. But I think, uh, I think you do. So the first game they started Bice and Horford. So if Simmons right. ends up coming on the floor for Drummond, I think you, you need to take either Thice or Horford off and you need to replace them with a Grant Williams or something like that, depending on who yeah. Brooklyn's starting, right? If Brooklyn ends up starting, you know, Durant, Brown, Simmons, Irving, and Curry, you could put Derek White out there instead of Grant Williams. Yeah. Um, so, Definitely. and I like, I just, you know, I think, I can't say his first name. I think Odoku is the coach's name. Oh, Ime Udoku. Yeah. 
Adoka, I think he's a good coach. I think he's, oh, he, he makes the right adjustments. So he was my he was my preseason pick for coach of the year. Yeah, there you Too go. Close, but no cigar. Although honestly, I'm hey. surprised he's not more in the conversation. Why? I mean, for them to be the two seed after being bad last season and essentially have the same roster. They didn't the make the East playoffs. So did they even make the playoffs last year? year? No, they they did. And they lost the they first did. round. They lost the first round. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, this series is going to go down to the wire. It'll go seven games. Yeah, I think so for sure. Uh, I, I didn't believe that at first, but after seeing what they did that game, I'm shocked. And the Nets just are not good at defense. So, I felt the Celtics were pretty much in control headed into the fourth. And then with the, the problem Nets, is Kyrie, just Kyrie continued missing. to stay hot. Yeah, But that's what happened in their playing game. They were super hot in the first half. Durant and Kyrie both weren't missing. Then in the second half, they cool off, and the Cavs came right back. Because no matter what, their defense is Swiss cheese. And so mm-hmm. if you can get Kyrie and KD out, off of their rhythm, and so they're not just drilling shots every time down the court, you're going to have a good shot because you're going to get your points no matter what. It's a question of how well your defense can play against them. And the Celtics show think, they can do it. I might even think, like, okay, let's let KD or Kyrie get hot and make sure the other one doesn't really get touches because like if one of them scores 50 and the other one scores like 10 on there's you no know, 17 shots else. you don't think so how are you holding either of them to 10 points there's no way it's you're gonna have to hope you hold them to like 30 and 20 is kind of what you got marcus smart's defensive player of the year you know he's got to figure out how to guard Kyrie. i think there were some times when Kyrie would hit like a step back three or i don't even know if it was like step backs so he just kind of Squared up, got on balance, and shot the three. Right. Um, he, I mean, he went off. And I think there like, were times when Marcus happen. Smart like fouled him or played terrible defense. I was like, okay, here, here we go, Smart. Like you, 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 you played on a team with this guy. You kind of know the drill. Right. You, you should, and you, you know, he's just gotten into defensive player of the year. I'd like to see Marcus Smart focus more on defense. I think he feels he should be getting a lot more respect on offense, which is fine. But when it really comes down to it, now that you're playing playoff basketball, put the ball in Tatum's hand, put the ball in Jalen Brown's hands, you know, shoot your threes, stay in rhythm, but don't go overboard. I think, you know, Marcus Smart taking 17 shots is almost a sin. But that's probably what the Nets wanted. They were probably get, and if you're open, you kind of have to shoot, even if you are Marcus Smart. I mean, four for nine from three is good. I just like to see him get to his spots a little more. Yes. I will say you know, that that last possession the Celtics had when with Smart catches the ball open on the three-point line with like four seconds left, for him to pump fake and pass out of that, the discipline there is unbelievable. So you can tell. It was a like, great play. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, Tatum, the spin move and the layup was impressive in its own right. But both right. Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart making the extra pass because – both of them could have forced up a shot there. I thought they were, I thought the Celtics should have called a timeout. I was like, I don't understand I why they're not calling a timeout just to inbound the ball to Tatum or Brown and let them make a right. shot happen. Especially like if I can force a switch with Jalen Brown being guarded by Kyrie Irving, I'd take that all day. Or if I can force a switch where Tatum's being guarded by Kyrie, why wouldn't I take that shot? Yeah, definitely. Or even like it doesn't even have to be Kyrie. Like, you know, who else was on the floor? Seth Curry, uh, Bruce Brown. Like, I, I'd 100% take any of those guys guarding my two superstars. Exactly. And just kind of live with that shot. So, yeah, no, I mean, I think it was just a, a great play and a great game in general. And so I think we're going to have a great series. Like, that's definitely good. the one I'm looking forward to the most. But, yes. So, but yeah, so that's been the first round so far. Although, let's see what's happening right now. Philly and Toronto is basically tied still. Philly's yeah. one. Uh, Embiid's got 19. He shot 12 free throws already. <gasps> Oh my god! So this is like unwatchable basketball. I'm glad we're recording and not watching that. Oh my god! Yikes! Uh, yeah, Harden's. Uh, yeah, Sixers have shot 15 free throws to the Raptors too. Ooh, yikes! I mean, that's kind of what, that's what we said last week. You're just going to have got 14 though. Then please got 14 points. Hmm. Good for Fred. Yeah, good for Fred. <laughs> if they had Scotty, it might be a little different. I know. Yeah, they just don't have enough going for them right now. Like they they brought yeah, in, they've already brought in off the bench. You have Boucher, Ken Birch, and Malachi Flynn already all checked in because you got to figure yeah. they're just going to have a ton of foul trouble. 
Like you already have Siakam and Ananobi with two and Ken Birch with two. Yikes. Oh my God. Yeah. They're going to be in foul trouble. That's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a hard game to watch. Oh my God. Uh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for Embiid though. He's like yeah, the only one who scored. Harden uh, is five. Harden's three of three from the line. Oh my God. They have George taken, Yang's got five. Holy crap. They've taken 15 free throws, just the two of them in the yeah, first quarter. That. Yeah. Yes. 15? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to turn, honestly, when I'm editing this, I'm going to turn that on and watch the <laughs> end of it. But oh my God. That is hard to watch. That's not fun basketball. It's tied going into the end of the first. Good for the Raptors. I doubt that lasts. Because someone else is going to score other than and Embiid, and they're going to blow it open. Like Tobias has no Someone's points. Maxi, who had 38, has no points. They've taken 15 shots. I guess they get fouled a lot, but yeah. Uh, they had nine fouls. They had the same number of possessions. Also, another thing about that Toronto Sixers game last time, the, I think the Sixers turned the ball over once. Is that so, right? Yeah. Yeah. No one's going to play that clean a game. Multiple times in the playoffs. Teams are just better. Yeah, than so uh, they had three turnovers, which I think tied the record. Yeah, see, exactly. The record. There's no way they're Rid- doing that again. Ridiculous basketball. Right. But. Okay. All right. Well. See how the rest of the games go. Yeah, exactly. I feel like so far we've, we've covered everything, but. Um, happy hopefully, Yeah. I'm, I guess oh, I have playoff happy, happy to be here in the playoffs. I'm invigorated. I'm excited. Yes. Exactly. The game's um, kind of sucked today, I won't lie. Eh, I don't know. To, to okay. my, for you, it's okay because you go to sleep by the time it's like halftime Nuggets Warriors. And, yeah, I'm not staying up for the whole thing. No way. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the whole thing and I'm gonna end up watching the Warriors blow it open in the third quarter by like twenty. Like, no, you're not. Bowl. I have I have <laughs> I have five dollars on the Nuggets, so I can't have it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no <Nope. laughs> tomorrow. Tomorrow's game is a little better for me because the first game is the bad one. And then they progressively, I guess, Suns Pelicans really isn't that great of a game either. But the 530 NBA TV, Timberwolves, Grizzlies. I know. And that first game was so much fun. I, yeah. I I didn't play like trash. I know. (laughs) Yeah. I thought Um, the best part about the uh, playing game against the Clippers was like, Someone was like, how did you think the Clippers did guarding you? And he was like, it didn't work. (laughs) Kind of did, Kat. And everybody... And everyone on Twitter was like, he knows the games are televised, right? <laughs> but so. I mean, still, for them to win without him playing well is pretty impressive. Against and that it was very impressive. They still had Paul George for that, the Clippers. So it's a good win. And then they went in, they beat the Grizzlies in Memphis. And granted, he did play well. Him and Edwards both went off. But they but could win like that Russell series. Is a I wouldn't terrible be third sh- option. I wouldn't be shocked if they won that series. Sneakily. I wouldn't be shocked either. Just because that the I think they're both even so teams. similar. Yeah, exactly. The Grizzlies are better, but if they're going to play like that, Cat and Edwards, and plus whoever else you want to sprinkle in, play well, they can easily win. Average with thirty six. Average with thirty six is pretty tough. I, if he can't continue to score thirty six, I, I think the games end up coming out a little different. Yeah, definitely. Marant looked ridiculous too. I think there oh were definitely God, times where he became frustrated, fouled a lot, shot twenty free throws. I know. Right. He, I mean, he finished with what, 31, I think? 32. Like 32. Yeah. I mean, S- Steven Adams didn't even take a shot and he had three rebounds. I think that's a sin. I um, doubt that happened. Jer- There's no way he's getting held to three rebounds. Also, Jaron Jackson ran into foul trouble, so they played him limited minutes. Right. No, I think the Grizzlies will ultimately win the series, but I wouldn't be shocked if the, after what I saw in that first game, I think the Timberwolves are going to put up a better fight than I think any of us thought. No, definitely. I think they, I think the series itself will go to six. Uh, the winner is questionable. Yeah, interesting. But yeah, I mean, we got we got a good week of basketball. I bet by the time we talk again next week and and record, one of these series will be over, is my guess, and okay. at least one. And so we'll be able to start looking ahead to the second round. Plus, we'll probably be looking ahead to some game six or sevens. Yeah. I think what we're going to end up doing is when we come back and talk again on Monday, it's going to be like, so who are the Suns playing in the second round? I, know, I think that's right. Exactly. We're going to have the Suns and the Bucks through and everyone else still playing. <laughs> exactly. 
But you never know. Plenty of surprises can pop up. Ben Simmons might return. There's enough that's going to show up this week. I'm excited. It'll be lit. Yeah. It'll be good. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so this is the Hoop True Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in and join us next time for more playoff hoops.